Finally, it's here. It's here. The Big 12 football schedule for 2023. I never thought we'd get it, but we've got it. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, covering the Big 12 Conference. Appreciate you guys being here as we get to think about football. I know that it's only been, what, three weeks since the national championship game? I don't care. I'm dreaming about football. I'm dreaming about September and October and now thinking about 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference for at least one year. It's going to be absolutely wild. So uh, let's get right to what my big takeaways were from the scheduling that came out. And you can read all about it at heartlandcollegesports.com and uh, read all our columns and everything else that you want for yourself. A couple of things. I wanted to see my, my biggest takeaway was I wanted to see how many of the new Big 12 teams would have to play Oklahoma and Texas. Or I should rephrase that. How many of the new Big 12 teams would Oklahoma and Texas be required to play? And the Sooners are playing three of the new teams. They open conference play at Cincinnati in late September. And by the way, what a bone that is for the Bearcats. Uh, Then they've got a host UCF in mid-October, Dylan Gabriel's old team, so a good story there. And then a late November road trip to BYU. Uh, Let's just put it this way. I I don't buy into like conspiracies when it comes to scheduling and anything like that. But I will chuckle to myself that I don't know if Joe Castiglione ticked off Brett Yormark, but he did him no favors. He's got to go to Cincinnati to open up Big 12 play. That's kind of a stick it in your face thing, let's be honest. Then they host UCF, Dylan Gabriel, the whole storyline there. And then they got to go to Provo, Utah in what? The set of November when there could be a foot of snow on the ground. <laughs> That's a uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out kind of a statement from Brett Yormark. And I don't think that's actually what happened. I think usually it's kind of just how the chips fall, but maybe a little bit. Meantime, Texas has two games against the new Big 12 teams. They travel to Houston and they host BYU in the second half of October. So, you know, going to Houston's not a big trip for Texas, and then hosting BYU, not a big deal there. Texas definitely got the better end of that bargain, no doubt about it. Uh, Meantime, my other big takeaway, not as many Thursday and Friday night games as I expected. I And maybe this is going to change in the future, but I had this perception that, especially now with a new contract with ESPN and Fox, the Big 12 was going to get, I don't want to say stuck, but I will use the word stuck, in more Thursday and Friday night games. Certainly more Thursday, and I thought they'd dabble in some more Friday. There are Thursday games, there are Friday games, but not as many as I would have anticipated. So you look at the schedule, and when it comes to conference games, The first Friday night game comes between Cincinnati and BYU on September 29th. All right, two new teams, not a huge deal. Uh, This is interesting. This is going to be weird for a lot of you. Oklahoma State hosting Kansas State in Stillwater on Friday, October 6th. Like, think about the state of Oklahoma, and yes, the state of Kansas too. Think about these two programs and what most of that state is doing on Friday night. They're at Friday Night Lights. You know that, and I know that. I've worked in both states. I've worked in Woodward, Oklahoma, K101Z92 Radio. I called high school football there for the Boomers. 
I did six-man football in the Texas Panhandle. I did eight-man football across Oklahoma, southwest Kansas. Those communities are locked in on their high school football. And now they've got Oklahoma State competing against their high school football, sad to say. And same thing, maybe to a slightly lesser degree, but for K-State and that fan base. It's going to be weird on a Friday night. I mean, Saturday is for college football, but unfortunately, TV rules the day. And ESPN and Fox are saying, hey, we're going to be paying you guys 40 plus million dollars a year per team. If that means you got to play on a Friday night here and there, so be it. And as fans, we're going to have to just learn to live with that. It is what it is. But there's not a lot of Friday. I mean, those two Friday games and then two Black Friday games, Oklahoma hosts TCU and Texas Tech travels to Texas. And Black Friday doesn't count to me as Friday games, right? By then, mostly high school football's over. That's oftentimes championship weekend for the teams left. But, you know, there's always Black Friday games. Uh, that's its own animal. I don't really count those as Friday games. So uh, expect more of that in future years, unfortunately. But I think it's the reality of the business right now in college football. And uh, I expect the Big 12 to uh, be playing at a lot of those games. And I think the Pac-12, too, as well, to some degree. But we'll see how that plays out, just depending on inventory, where the Pac-12 ends up, and things like that. Uh, Other big takeaways from the Big 12 football schedule that was released. The BYU home games. You know, here's the reality. We don't know for certain. But I think we can all agree that it's very likely BYU's home Big 12 games are probably going to kick off at 9 o'clock or 9.30 Central time because the value of BYU is having that late-night slot where you can have Big 12 football air from 11 a.m. to 1 a.m., literally 14 hours of Big 12 football on Saturdays. I I don't know how I'm going to keep up, but (laughs) we're going to do our best job at Heartland College Sports. We're going to be adding to the staff as the year goes on. Uh, Don't you worry about that. It's going to be wild. So with that being said, um, who are their home games? BYU hosts Cincinnati, as we mentioned earlier. That's on a Friday, so obviously that's going to be a night game. Then it's Saturday, October 21st. uh, The Cougars host Texas Tech. BYU also has back-to-back home games in mid-November against Iowa State and Oklahoma. So mark your calendars. If you're a Cincinnati fan, a Texas Tech fan, Iowa State fan, or Oklahoma fan, you're going to need an extra cup of coffee on those Saturdays to uh, make sure you're up until probably close to 1 a.m. to watch your team play football. Meantime, Oklahoma State may have the weirdest schedule in the entire Big 12 for next season. Think about this. There are four Big 12 teams next year in the state of Kansas, in the state of Texas. You've got Texas Tech, Houston, uh, excuse me, five. Texas Tech, Houston, Baylor, TCU, Texas. Let me do that again. Texas, Houston, Baylor, Am I going crazy? Texas Tech, TCU. Five. Okay. I can count. I can add them all up. It's okay. I'm going to be fine, guys. Don't worry about me. (laughs) Uh, It's been a long day covering all this stuff. So if you look at Oklahoma State, they don't play any of the old Big 12 teams from the state of Texas. You heard that right. The only Texas school that Oklahoma State plays, think about this. The only one that they play is Houston. November 18th, 
That's also a road game. So it's only going to be that one game that they play south of the river. That's weird. But they will be in Central Florida to play the Knights in the first half of November. I mean, that's the new look Big 12. That's what it's going to be. You may not like it, but that's the reality of what this league's going to look like, especially during this unique year where you've got 14 teams. But they are only playing, Oklahoma State is, one of the Texas schools. That's just bizarre to me that that is how the schedule broke down for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I don't think there's a reason for that. I don't think there's anything to look into with that. It's just strange how it fell, um, came down. And then last but not least, on just big takeaways from the uh, Big 12 schedule coming out, rivalry weekend is not really a thing yet. And the Big 12, since the Big 12 went through its last round of realignment and went to 10 teams, the Big 12 has never really embraced rivalry weekend anyway. They've just put together the best schedule, and they're not trying to compete when it comes to rivalry weekend. They just, it's, I mean, there'll be some rivalry games that last weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, um, when you've got the rivalries going in the Big Ten and the SEC, but the Big 12 has never really tried to compete on that stage. And it's clear they weren't necessarily looking to do that in this schedule either. Um, here's what the league did do a good job of. They tried to make things organically work. Texas plays Texas Tech, and that's become in, in recent years a late-season staple. Since Texas A&M left for the SEC, Texas and Texas Tech, you know, those teams have often played each other on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, Iowa State takes on Kansas State. Farmageddon, to me, deserves this kind of attention late in the season. Like, I think of Thanksgiving weekend, I'm thinking Ames, Iowa, Manhattan, Kansas. You know, you get those late November winds down the plains. It's 25 degrees. Wind chill makes it feel like 10. It's a 13-10 game late in the fourth quarter. Kansas State and Iowa State, whichever team you want, is winning that game. I've often felt like Farmageddon should be rivalry weekend. Now, the downside of that is it's never going to get the attention of, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, um, Alabama, Auburn. I think that's okay, though, because the reality is the Big 12 is not going to be the Big 10 and the SEC, and I say that as the Big 12 homer on all of podcasting, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So it's not going to be on that level. But to me, it's going to be the clear number three of the Power Five conferences. I think that's pretty evident as well. But I like it, and I would be totally accepting of Iowa State, Kansas State kind of becoming that staple. Now, you could say, well, it should be the Sunflower Showdown. It should be KU and K-State. Fine. But, you know, I think the Iowa State-K-State rivalry is becoming a pretty darn good one. And then uh, the other one you've got that's like quasi-rivalry, but not really. Uh, UCF takes on Houston the last week of the year, as those two programs at least know each other from the AAC. But And while I admit I'm not an AAC expert, <laughs> got a little work to do on that, um, I'm not aware of any big-time hatred or rivalry between Gus Malzahn and Dana Holgerson or UCF and Houston. But at least there's some kind of connection there as those two programs know each other from uh, their time in the ACC. So those, to me, are the biggest takeaways when it comes to the release of the 12th. But there's a lot of other things I want to just touch on here for a few minutes. Um, Number one, there are a couple of games involving the new teams that I can't wait for. First off, UCF at Oklahoma. 
just the Dylan Gabriel angle there is going to be fun. Mid-October in Norman. Uh, Jeff Lebby being the former offensive coordinator at UCF. Like, there are stories there. Gus Malzahn entering the Big 12. I think that that is a guy who is a sleeping giant. That program is a sleeping giant when it comes to the four new programs coming to this league that people aren't talking enough about. I think UCF is, is that sleeping giant. Uh, that could be one of those program-defining Big 12 wins for them, depending on what each team's season looks like to that point. But it's a very compelling storyline there. A couple other ones I'm really looking at. And this one, Dana Holgerson got lucky. West Virginia is going to Houston. I mean, come on. Talk about letting Dana Holgerson off the hook. Send the man to Morgantown. And by the way, this would have been a year, you know, Neil Brown's on the hot seat. Neil Brown's seat is flaming hot, as it should be. And he's got one of the toughest schedules in the Big 12 next season. Like, this would have been a good year for Dana to get the trip to Morgantown out of the way because I don't think West Virginia's going to be all that good. And I'm not convinced Houston's going to be great, but if Dana wanted to get it out of the way, early October, on the road, in Morgantown, just get it over and done with. But no, the Big 12 spared Dana Holgerson. I don't know if he got on his hands and knees and begged, but they spared Dana Holgerson. Um, from going to Morgantown in his first year in the Big 12. Instead, Houston will host West Virginia, and uh, it takes away some of the juice, but it's still going to be compelling. And on top of that, that game's on a Thursday night, which is pretty interesting too. So uh, there's a lot there that you got to look at and say to yourself, yeah, that, that's going to be a good one. Cincinnati, West Virginia. These two teams know each other from uh, their Big East days, and I think this can develop into a nice regional rivalry. Uh, you know, been a lot of talk about uh, if West Virginia would ever get it back going on a regular basis with Virginia Tech. They're playing Pitt this year. Does that come back, the backyard brawl, on a regular basis? I don't know. But in terms of the Big 12, Cincinnati-West Virginia can be a minor version of that. And I think we're going to see a good one, you know, late November, Cincinnati, on the road, in Morgantown. Who knows what these two teams and their respective seasons look like. But I think it's a pretty compelling matchup when you talk about where this league is going in a post-OU in Texas world. Uh, meantime, I think a lot, of too, about Texas at Houston. Dana Holgerson, once again, playing Texas, knows him well from his time at West Virginia. And when Dana was coaching West Virginia, I mean, they had some epic, epic games. I think about the one, jeez, uh, who was it? I don't know if it went to overtime or late in regulation. I was at the game. Texas hosted West Virginia. I want to say it would have been the 2018 season. Does that sound right, 2018 season? I was in Austin for that game. It was electric. And Dana always played Texas pretty well. Um, so I'm, I'm very intrigued by that matchup. But there's a lot of good games involving the new teams that are going to be a lot of fun to watch if you're a Big 12 football fan. So I just can't wait. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but this is pretty interesting. And let me make sure I get it right. So I'm going to go to the phone here and uh, make sure that I have it all accurate. All right. So the Big 12 schedule gets rolled out on Tuesday. And within the first 45 minutes... 
after the drop of the 2023 Big 12 schedule, 12 of the 14 conference members put up a custom graphic or video to announce their coming schedules. Two conference members opted to simply retweet the conference's tweet with no fanfare. What does that tell you? By the way, I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, covering the Big 12. Thanks for being here. Subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate you joining us. Hmm. How about that? What should that tell us? Oklahoma and Texas, of course, did not put together any custom graphics, no custom videos. They just hit the old retweet button to say, oh, yeah, the 2023 schedule came out. How do I read that? What do I make of that? What I make of that is that these two, conf- these two teams, the reason this took so long to get to this day, these two teams wanted out this year. This is just my hunch. I'm reading between the lines here. OU and Texas wanted out this year. They did not want any part of the Big 12. They did not want any part of the schedule. OU does not want to go to Provo, Utah. They do not want to go to Cincinnati. They do not want to host UCF. They don't want to do it. And as a result, they're ticked off. Whether it's at your mark, the Big 12, the entire way this thing went down, I don't know. But they don't even roll out a custom graphic. Neither program rolls out a custom graphic for Instagram, for Facebook, for Twitter. Nothing. Just a retweet. Petty? I'd say so. And if I'm reading between those lines, they didn't want to do this. They have no interest in playing this schedule. None whatsoever. But here's the thing. And this is where, you know, OU and Texas could find themselves in some trouble. They're going to get everybody's best matchup. It could very well be, I believe it will be their last year in the Big 12. They are going to get everybody's best game. And they're either going to say, well, of course we're getting everybody's best game, so that's why we're going to go 8-4 and four or 7-5 and five or whatever it might be. Uh, but that's going to be an excuse. These are two programs that still have, based on pure talent, the most talent, the most depth in the entire Big 12. They still, based on talent, should be winning 10 games a year. But what I foresee is them trashing this league on the way out the door. And it's really sad. You know, I um, am somebody who covered OU when I worked in Oklahoma. I have a lot of friends who are OU fans. I obviously, you know, think about when I was there, Bob Stoops, everything else. I liked Oklahoma football as a program and what they stood for. Uh, But it's hard as a Big 12 guy to sit here and have respect for how I feel like they're going out the door. And if you're an OU or a Texas fan listening, follow me here on this. Look at it from the perspective of the Big 12, which is what our perspective is. We're going to keep breaking down games fairly. I think we've always done that. Whether it's on this show, whether it's on the website, we're not going to mistreat Oklahoma when it comes to our analysis of what's happening on the field. But off the field, it has been frustrating to watch this go down. Because it feels like they're playing the victim here in all this. And they're trying to act like the victim. And let's be very clear. OU and Texas made a business decision to join the SEC. And I have said since day one, while I'm disappointed in it, I understand the business decision. I do. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you I like it. And I'm not going to sit here and necessarily defend it even though I understand it. 
And when it comes to what's in the best interest of the Big 12, the Big 12 basically can say they've got all the leverage. Hey, you want to pay a certain price? You can leave. If not, the contract says you're stuck here, and sorry, that's life. And I'm not a fan of the petty games that appear to be getting played, but, you know, maybe the uh, graphics guy just happened to be sick at both OU and Texas conveniently on Tuesday. Who knows? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for being here as always. Hey, if you like the show, subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for doing that. Um, we've got a lot of video content that we are promising you to come your way throughout the entire offseason. Also on the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. You've got, and we've got, I'm showing them here, the Heartland College Sports Koozies. When you leave that rating and you uh, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, just send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and uh, we'll get you hooked up with that in the mail. We are now well over 600 ratings on iTunes. I, I want to get to, can we get to, I don't know, 700 by the end of March Madness? Can you help out? Can you take 30 seconds? That's all it would take you. I appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.